Hey, this is Russell, and I work at the video store, the place that you can go to once a week whenever it is movie night. Interesting people pop in to rent something, and we go through the films that they've loved across their life. And then when the store is quiet, I get to watch movies and series and talk about them with some of my best pals. All right, let's do it. Let's open up the shop. All right. Good morning. Hi. How are you, Cole? I'm great. I'm so good. I'm happy to be back. It's, it's in great the video to have store. you. It's great to have you. Working a shift. Hello, everyone, and welcome hey. to the, welcome to the <laughs> video store. Uh, today on the show, we are going to have Donovan Goliath pop in to rent something. Rad. Donovan is a very special person. He uh, effectively is a stand-up comedian, actor, presenter. But we will spend a chunk of this chat talking about what interesting things he does for a living. Because I think he's evolved into the kind of job that I think is very testament to a 2024 climate. It's a, it's a, okay. it's a unique job that um, people are, are able to do now, which is effectively he is himself uh, his own agency. He produces incredible stuff. He's a very funny guy. So he gets the chance to just make stuff. He he sure. calls himself a creator, but it's it's a lot to. There's a lot more to it, and uh, and brings just a lot of joy and fun in the world. And and we need more of him. We do. Um, and so that's going to be a great chat. Um, but for all of those joining for the first time, welcome. This is our our day here at the video store. It's lovely to have you in our in our store. Mm. Um, myself and Cole are working the shift today and in a moment Donovan will pop in to rent something and we'll have ourselves a good chat but we want you to stick around because myself and Cole will be talking about what we're enjoying on film and TV at the moment and um, and and we want you to uh, join in on the chat. What what should we chat about Cole? Uh, I think we need to talk about Napoleon. Ooh, you mm. went and watched it. Went to watch Napoleon. Nice. Uh, with good um, old Graham. Nice. G-Force. G-Force. Another member of our, our illustrious crew here. <laughs> uh, I want to talk about The Killer, which oh, is on fantastic. Netflix. Yeah, let's do that. I um, want to hear, hear about what else you're watching. I, I've found this <laughs> ridiculous, ridiculous show that I think is lost in 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 netflix um but it's just delightful um it's it's obscure. like a little hidden gem it's a hidden gem okay. and we'll get into it Stunning. and I, I think it's a great like innocent fall asleep show oh we which love is those what we have here at the at the video store which are the shows that are quite easy to watch mm. i think it's also worth talking about the new scott pilgrim animated series yes yeah. yes okay That's let's cool. chat about that um, but yeah, one little mention in the week that this episode is coming out, as the video store, we are hosting a special screening here at the Bioscope. For those of you who might have missed it, the video store is a podcast to have come out of the Bioscope, which is an independent cinema here in Johannesburg. That's what I do with my time. I'm, I'm lucky enough to be the owner of it. And with this amazing space, it naturally was going to be a place for the Bioscope to host these present nights for the video store podcast. So these are the movies that we as a crew 
and co-workers like Cole and Graham and Marigold and Christina and Gad, uh, the people you've come to know over the year. Um, these are this is a place for us to talk about the uh, which film we should screen because one of us might absolutely love it and the other one might have never watched it. Right. So this is a film that was suggested by sure Marigold and Gad, um, and it's a film I haven't seen, and it is the Little Shop of Horrors film. Amazing. Um, Rick Moranis. Mm. It's an old. It's an oldie, but it's a. It's a classic. I've always wanted to watch it. It's a musical. Have you seen it? Yeah. You you like it? It's wonderful. It's wonderful. Okay, good. Am I the only one who hasn't seen it? Probably. Probably. Yeah. Let's change that. Um, and so that is this coming Wednesday uh, at seven pm. The tickets are at thebioscope.co.za, and it's a great chance for us to meet you guys. If you can show us that you are a subscriber, you get popcorn for free. You're lucky. Your first barrel of popcorn is on the house. So come through and say hi. Otherwise, please look out for future screenings. All right. Kolsky, should we do it? Yeah, let's do it. I've got some uh, VHSs to like dust off and find a spot for in the back. Okay. So I'll go do that. All right. Let's okay. do that. And this is Donovan Goliath popping in to rent something. How's it? Right, I'm so well. How are you? Are you Thank strong? You. I am very strong. Are man. you healthy? Um, <laughs> I, I came from the gym this morning. I oh, did a shit. six a.m. session, so I'd like to believe I am. No, you're hundred <laughs> percent. It's six o'clock this morning. I was cozy. I was uh, cozy. It was difficult, and it's raining, and it's cold, and my brain was fighting with me. But I thought, no, I'm not going to let you win again. Yeah. I'm going to let you win again. Let me go to the gym. <laughs> does it Does it win? Uh, it, it often wins. It often wins. Yeah, it often wins. <laughs> like I'm very, very good at arguing with myself and creating these weird rationales that make me go, yeah, yeah I actually shouldn't. That, that hour is you, very important. You raise a good point. <laughs> yes. Very, very well done, brain. Yeah. This is good. <laughs> you, would be, you would be a good lawyer. You would be wealthy. Um, but you have a kid. So I do. early mornings... Yeah, you know. look, I've I've always been an early riser anyway. Oh, really? You yeah, didn't, you didn't need a kid for that. No, 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 no. I I'm a never been woken up by my alarm. Well, when was the last time my alarm woke me up? Probably about ten years ago. Oh, really? Yeah, no. I'm I'm five o'clock, bro. I'm up already. It doesn't matter Shit, how long like I've farmer. slept. I should be a farmer. Right? A I farmer. think that's you know, You've if I've ever been calling. trying to find a purpose, that's exactly what it is. Well, retirement plan. There we go. There we go. Now I know. I'll I'll, I'll be good as a farmer. Tick box one. Oh, <laughs> tick tick box one. Wait, wait, am I saying it wrong? Yeah. Yeah. Tick the box. First tick one. Box. Yes. Um. How how do you describe yourself in terms of like profession and what you do? I am an unbelievably curious person um, about the world. Okay. About art. Uh, it doesn't matter what medium it is. Anything where somebody is expressing themselves or telling a story, yeah. you have my attention. It doesn't yeah. matter. It could be fashion, it could be movies, it could be music, architecture, sculpture, um, fine arts. I'm always interested in how people are, are telling things. So I would, in, in a single word, I would say curious. Okay. Um, what would be <laughs> what would be on your business card? What would you? I, I don't believe we need to define ourselves. But, yes, but curious, like how do you introduce yourself at a dinner party to a stranger? Oh, man, that's the most say, difficult thing. Oh, you done? What do you do? That's that's a very difficult thing. Um, because could, I, maybe I can guide you. Sure. I, I first met you and knew you as a comedian. Yes, yes, yes. 
where that's a particular kind of hustle, right? Yeah. You're on stage, you're performing, you're constantly writing your material and crafting your time. But then you seem to not do that too much anymore. No, I don't. And you seem to uh, do a lot of stuff on camera. And we, you called me up. It was such a great call. You're like, what are you doing now? I'm shooting something for... <laughs> Volkswagen, I think it was, yes. VW, and we want to profile the bioscope. And you came in and we shot something together. Um, and I just see you as someone who just, yeah, is like a sort of commentator, but you using your comedy mm. and you creating content with brands. I mean, you, you, on Instagram, you call yourself a creator. Yeah, I do. You know, it, Which is I mean, a tough word to navigate. Yes, it is. And, and this is something, you know, that bio... Um, on your Instagram profile is uh, it's I guess that's the business card. I guess that's the the, the first introduction. Exactly, yeah. You know, when somebody comes and they look and they see what you do, um, and then kind of look or they see your work, and then they look at what your title is and how you describe yourself. They then make a decision if they're going to follow this page or not. Yeah. You know, um, and I think what makes it very difficult for me to define is I. Gosh, man, I've always been able to draw, number one. Let me take it all the way back. Okay. It's a very quick story. Yeah. I've always been able to draw, um, and I'm from the Eastern Cape, Mtata, right? And when yeah. I grew up, uh, obviously, I mean, I had no mentors. I had nobody try and harness this and turn it into something. It was always just going to be a hobby. That's it. The, the drawing. The drawing, yeah. Okay. Um, and then I was in a rap group as well at some point. So I stopped drawing oh, a shit. rap group called Outbreak. My alias was Acid Rain. We're killing it in the Eastern Cape, ah, I'm telling you. That's awesome. <laughs> yep. Acid rain. I was in a rap group. Um, and then, yeah, I would design all the posters. I, I probably didn't even, I, I mean, I didn't even know it at the time. Not probably. I didn't know that I had the design thing in me. And in matric, we, there was a, a substitute teacher that came in. His name was Jason Crane. Okay. And he had studied fine arts. And he decided to add... Um, art and drawing as an extracurricular activity, which I then obviously took up. And then he saw that I had a little bit of talent and said, hey, you should go into graphic design. I was like, what the hell is that? Yeah. And yeah, he kind of, you know, showed me a couple of portfolios, for, uh, PE tech, um, art and design school. And I just applied for it. I thought, oh, this is amazing. You know, like I paged yeah. through magazines um, and, and I'm always like, I've, I've never really thought that there's a person that sits there and actually puts this together. Because I've always been interested in like, Head cut posters, you know those head cut posters on the side of the road, the side profile head painted cut. ones. Um, uh, haircut, haircut, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did I just say head cut? That, I wasn't sure, a... maybe I heard you wrong. But no, yeah, I think okay. I did say head cut, okay. haircut, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can choose your style. There's just something so wonderfully naive and strong about those, and I just loved it. Yeah, you know? I love that you can just go and point at a picture and that's the thing that you're going to get. Yeah, it's like ordering know? food in a Japanese restaurant. You're exactly. like, that looks good. That, that one. And um, <laughs> yeah, I went and studied graphic design. Um, I got a job in advertising. This was my first time in Joburg. I worked in advertising at a big above the line agency called Network BBDO. Yeah, I know them. I, I did my time. Yeah. I was at, at Saatchi. Oh, there we go. There we year. go. <laughs> and like, then... It's like that kind of creative person's conscription. You yes. Know? It's like yes, right of every, passage. Yeah, it's like you sort of, <laughs> how every um, 
adult male in the sort of 60s, 70s, 80s had to do a year of, of the army. Yeah. That's a, that was a, but I imagine telling an we, old person. We all like, have to yeah, do one year of advertising. I went through advertising. It was pretty much like being in the army. Imagine what they would say to you. The look. Funny. No, because there also is the guys in advertising who are like, I've been here for 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. they're the kind of corporal that can't leave, you know. Exactly. Like, they can't see another and I've, life. I've, and everyone else is like, when I get out. <laughs> I always want to do that. I'm going to write yeah, my it was book. back in now. <laughs> Namibia. <laughs> um, and then um, I kind of, you know, and I think that's why this word curious is, is, is uh, I guess, will keep popping up because okay. I worked in this, this industry for about seven years, but I think in my fifth year already, I was, I was starting to feel like, nah, I don't like okay. to be told what to do. I don't yeah. like the run of the mill. I don't like, feel like feeling like I'm on a conveyor belt. I need something else. Yeah, my time came to an end when I was like, I got it. It's a service industry. Yes. I got it. It makes sense. Why, why fight that? That's yes. what it is. Yeah. At the end of the day, you got to sell cars or nappies. Yes. You got to take joy in coming up with the creative ideas to sell them, mm -hmm. but uh, you can't change what it is, which no. is like, this is all paid for by the nappy people. So you got to make them happy. Yeah, man. And then it was like, no, I, I, I think I was similar to you. I, I can't really have a boss i'm always going to be more excited about my own ideas yes and um let's go out into the wide world on my own and that's when i found comedy never wanted to do comedy before um i went to my first show in 2010 i watched these guys perform and i sat there going oh, i must just try and write a five minute set and i did and then i went to the underground in melville performed it yeah seemed to go down well yeah, um, and then there was another gig happening at a place called wish just up the road from the underground I remember that yeah, yeah. And I did a slot there. And, you know, you bump into other comedians who go, hey, man, I'm running this little thing here. You want to pop in? Okay. Kept doing it and eventually resigned. Got into yeah. comedy, did that for, well, I mean, I'm not officially out. You know, I haven't no, retired. No, not at all. But you, you guys set up a very substantial comedy brand. Yes, yes. Which is Goliath and Goliath. Which I then… Um, you had comedy clubs. Yeah, yeah, we had merch. Merch? No, <laughs> no you, we guys went were the, on, you guys were the, the you know, you, you took a torch. I'm not entirely sure who you took it from, but you, you sort of owned this time in yes. comedy, which is, which is great. People need that. Yeah, and, and then… You, you built an industry around you. That's exactly it. The pandemic, the pandemic happened. Um, we obviously couldn't perform anymore, and then I just started making a lot of stuff online. Which seemed to connect with people. Yeah, you, you, you used all your time and experience to now create this mm. channel mm. That, that was your humor. That's exactly it. And I guess I just fused everything I know, all of the experience I have into… And relationships with brands. I mean, that's a, that's a big part. There's people, yep. that, there's people that can work with that commercial side of South Africa and there's people that can't. And I, Absolutely. I think you've, you've clearly developed that dependability and you deliver and so brands will keep coming back to the people that they know they can rely on that's it and and then so that that's the job now right that yeah you, that you is have, kind of have, a job you have a combination of perhaps a handful of different partnerships on the go yes and you produce material be it uh, yeah. an instagram post or something more long form and and it's it's um, I, must, I must say a lot of unlearning has happened during this time i think you know we we are both we're both doers we work you know we mm. like to work and get our hands dirty i like dirty to publish i like to make involved in things 
Um, with a lot of where it's grown now, this thing that I've been building, um, I've now been pulled into more of a creative consultant, creative director okay. role where I come up with the idea, but I kind of oversee other people executing it, which is okay. very difficult for me to do. All right. So, so sometimes these these things that you create mm-hmm. aren't even things you're starring in or no. putting your name on. No, which was which was difficult for me to do. So you've um, almost created an agency. In I yourself. have, and I hate to say that. No, <laughs> because no, because I always sure. fought not to be an agency. But, and I think one of the because re- you know a lot of people keep telling me to oh you got to brand it, you got to make this thing official. And I'm like, no, I don't want that because then yeah. then I have to hire people, then there are overheads and then I'm thinking about running a business and not coming up with ideas, which I love to do. It becomes do. more about the business as opposed yeah. to the idea. I, I love the I love the free nature of it right now. Yeah, and, and sort of why does it have to be branded? Exactly. It can just be my brain. That's just an old way of doing things. <laughs> but yes. I think you and me both know from from our time, yes. our time in the time, trenches. Time in the trenches. That uh that that traditional agency was always going to dismantle. Yeah, yeah. And as the world was so evolving, things like the big record labels, things like mm, you know mm, the, mm. the CD store, like all these things are gonna they're gonna go, they're gonna change, they're gonna shift, they're gonna you know an agency could be one guy's brain. Yeah, and exactly. it doesn't need a name, doesn't need to advertise itself. Mm-mm. It just needs to produce work and put food on the table for the family that's what it is <laughs> and now going all the way back to how this conversation started um i still have no idea what to call myself you know yeah. the word i mean creative director has popped up but i mean that's a little bit too uh, storyteller has popped up but also just very like what i think creator i think creator is okay i think so too. i think what we've realized in the, in the last few or in a, in one or two episodes there was one um, with Gareth Cliff where he was like, I hate the word content. Mm. He, he detests the word content. And I thought that was actually quite interesting. I never thought of it that way. It feels like it's a filler. Mm. When you, so if you say I'm a content creator, it's like you just shake your ass at the camera. Let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> like you, you're filling time. But if you're a creator, you take the word content out. It's not about what you it's yes. not about that. It's not about filling spaces and gaps. Yeah. It's about creating. And I think that's perhaps better. Or just so when I saw you say create, I was like, okay, that's I like that. Yeah. I think and, and, I think it's the best for now. With it. Yeah. Maybe like, something as simple as like I make shit. It's, it's not the it's not the it's not it's not perfect, but it's the best we got. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so if there any if anybody uh, uh, you know got has, has got something better, please let me know. Um, I'll gladly take it. I'm, I'm yeah. open to any suggestions. Imagine okay. that. Sitting here asking people to come. Can you give me a title, please? What yeah, do well, I do? sometimes, as I said, there's the there's the stranger at a dinner party introduction, which is always something you kind of need in the back pocket because yes. it's like you you can't take up too much time and you can't be vague. So I'm, yeah. j- you know, I just go, I own a cinema. <laughs> that's all. That's all that, I got. You see, that's nice. I like that. It's interesting. I hate saying uh, no. I'm a. I, I do comedy because then the the mood and the energy changes and people. Oh. All right, so 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 tell me, like, so so who's your favorite comedian then? So, and I'm like, no, oh, these are God. not the questions I want to answer right yeah. now, right? Like, that's yeah. why I didn't want to say this up front. <laughs> <Shit>. okay. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, there I was asking you up front. But for me, it was um, it, it it's nice to just sort of paint a picture for someone who yes. And I think I want interesting people on this show, mm-hmm. and I think that you lead an interesting life because you mm. every day can be different. It could be a 
short. It could be a campaign through your Instagram channel. It could be, but you work bloody hard. <laughs> I and you're filled with lots of interesting stuff, which I think y- is great. Y- you know what? And I think that's always been my. Um, it's always what I've worked towards is to always try and be involved in or do something very interesting that challenges me. I think it's why I left the corporate world. Yeah. Because after a while, when the excitement dies out and you get to understand the system and you know how all of this works and the templates have been given to you that you just need to kind of fill in, yeah. you go, you want right. You want to make your own templates? Yeah. I mean, like for me, bro, awards were never a thing. I was not, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, i got to win it. You know, in the first three years, that, that's all it is. And then it's you step back It's a big part of go, agency life. Hey? Ah, that can't be it, man. That's not the zenith, you know. Mm. There's more to this. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. Lovely. Anyway. But, okay, so we've touched on this life. There we go. So let's, uh, let's, uh, let's dial back to, to uh, Eastern Cape. Yes. Ntata, hey? Mm-hmm. All right. So we've got these films that, we, that, that you've loved across the way, mm-hmm. okay, across your life, the four the four great loves, as we call it, which is similar um, to the kinds of loves that you would be having at that point in your life. Because we believe at the video store that the films you've loved have helped shape who you become. Yeah. It's an interesting uh, test. And so far, so far, it's really working where we can see how these films have influenced you, how they've set you on a, on a course. Yeah. Right. So the first film is our puppy love film which is um, nursery school, primary school. It's that first love. Um, it's as if you were excited to hold its hand yep. and go to the movies. Uh, it's often innocent. It's often something that was given to you. you. You're too young to perhaps seek it out yourself. So it could be an older sibling or someone showed it to you. But I'm curious to know what your puppy love how, film is. How old are we talking? We're talking, uh, yeah, up, up to primary school, which would be so so up, uh, up to up to sort of eleven, twelve. Okay, that's good mm. because I can tell you straight up what that movie is. All right, let's and hear it's it. still one of my top five favorite movies of all time. Okay, Terminator Two: Judgment Day. Oh shit! Terminator Two: Judgment Day is a perfect film. Okay, can I can I make an honest? Admission. Yes. I've never seen it. No, Russell. Oh, I've seen God. the first oh. Terminator. No, 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 no. What? <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna leave this podcast. Oh my gosh! What are you saying to me? I know. I know how good it is. One of the greatest films of all time. I know. I know. I know. What? I know. I'm sorry. What? Sorry, John. But I can tell you a cool story about Terminator One. Yes. Um, when he arrives naked, mm-hmm. and he meets three punks on yes. the street. Mm-hmm. Um. I met a friend, he was on an exchange program, uh, and that was his dad. No way. So his dad was one of the dudes that saw uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger naked and and uh, gets beaten up. That's a good, <laughs> I mean, I'd, cool I'd put that on a CV, bro. Yeah, no, I no. I would put that on a CV. But um, that film. Um, okay, but you you weren't perhaps too too young for it, did it? It wasn't too scary. No, it was not awesome. at all. I was, I was intrigued. I... I I think just, well, number one, blown away by the CGI at the time. Yeah. And I mean, I know a lot about it. I know the dude that sort of melts through the, yes. through the, um, the T2000 prison bars and, and stuff. And mm-hmm. that was very revolutionary at the time. Unbelievable. And still very good to this day. When you watch it. Still slaps. You're like, this, yeah, this could pass. This okay. could pass. James Cameron, he threw everything at it. Um, 
you know, I think I was just so, in my mind, there were robots, right? Mm. And kids, robots, or boys, robots, that was like, oh my God, this is, you know, adrenaline-fueled explosions, a massive uh, 18-wheeler truck chasing guy on Harley Davidson wearing yeah. leather and glasses. This is, oh, this is this badass, is awesome. you know? Um, but I was just hooked, man. The storytelling at the time, and I might have been very young. I think it came out in like 91, 92, one yeah. of, I think around there. Um, so I would have been in standard one. And yeah. even then, like the storytelling hooked me. I can't tell you how many times I've seen that film. I've seen That's it awesome. over. I, I, t- sometimes to inspire me, I listen to the soundtrack. <laughs> oh shit yep now that's interesting I listen to the soundtrack because uh, when you want to get like sort of juiced yeah 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 I do um, inspire you uh, creatively or just to sort of gym harder inspire me creatively <laughs> and what I like is when I listen to it I know what the scene is oh, that we're going cool. into you know it's just it's perfect that's why I say every single detail okay. was just so well crafted in it down to the score, um, yeah. it's just, just so, so well done. And yeah, to this day, if anybody asks me what my top five favorite films are, um, Judgment Day will always be number five. Okay. Best sci-fi film of all time for me, in my yeah. opinion. No, I know people I, are going to fight me on this. No, no, I think most people do agree. And that's why I, it's a it's a shameful admission, but I, I, I need to have seen mm. it. Um, were you, okay, so in Umtata, mm-hmm. I remember from watching you perform um, over the years, when you did perform comedy, yes, yes. Um, you had an interesting childhood mm-hmm. because your skin was lighter. Mm-hmm. How did that? How did that play in at the time? No, no, no. I think um, what was the I sort had of blonde hair bro, at the time? I mean, my hair, oh, my hair was like your color right now, okay. which it, I think a lot of people just couldn't understand. You know. Yeah. Like, hey, man. <laughs> so, did, is, I mean, did you feel other? No, not at all. Okay. Never. Uh, I just fit in, you know. I never thought I was. This sounds so weird. Different. Yeah. You know, different is such a like such a harsh word to use. Yeah. But no, I just. It's, but it's a tricky thing at that time because there is certainly a time in your life where you don't necessarily want to stand out. Yes. And. You'll, that's why you'll see kids at a shopping mall and they all wear the same shoes. They mm-hmm. all wear the same thing. Because they don't, God help them if you're different. And so everyone wants to try and sort of assimilate. Yes. Um, but there also are those people that embrace their uniqueness. Mm-hmm. But that takes a lot of courage for a little kid. It does. It does. Uh, yeah, and I didn't, I didn't try hard to be anything else or to fit in with everyone else. I was, yeah, I just did what i did you know okay. what jason uh you know you'll often say oh, you look like you were you were bullied at school <laughs> not at all what the fuck does that mean i don't even know <laughs> not at all um i was i was cool with everybody yeah. you know it might have been my um my curiosity for for everything and you know always just trying to be like this interesting guy um being able to draw uh, into rap music, you know, mm. um, I, I don't know. Comedy, comedy comes from being curious. Yes, you and, know. And, now that and, you've mentioned it, sorry, I'm, I'm just going to step back a little bit. There yeah. was a time in high school, uh, standard six, standard seven, where 
I got really into jokes, like yeah. like writing jokes, finding jokes everywhere in the newspaper, in the U magazine, and you know almost archiving them, um, okay. so that I and, and like kind of remembering uh, you know them word for word, yeah. and, and we'd almost have these joke battles. You know, okay. who can make this tiny group of people laugh the hardest with the joke that they've remembered? And it became a thing. There was like this little subculture of... There's of, like a sort of scene from 8 Mile, but jokes. Yes, but with jokes. And, and not even our own jokes. You yeah, know, yeah, I was about to say. It jokes wasn't from even the Daily original. Dispatch. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Um, well, now we're in high school. Yes. Um, started the rap group. Mm-hmm. Do you start it or did you join it? Well, what, myself... What, and You're one of the founding members? Yes, I am. Um, myself and my, um, he still raps to this day. A friend of mine, Miguel, he, what was his alias at the time? Peeps the Villain. Nice. Mm-hmm. How and did you he, get to Acid Rain? Um, you know, I used to listen to a lot of like, a lot of gangster rap. They call it murder music at the time. So it was all just like <laughs> brutal. Yeah, we're going to take all of you out. Well, and, and All I about popping caps and asses. Yes, yes. And I thought about like, What's the one thing I can call myself that sounds nice? It rolls off the tongue that brings destruction. Yes. Okay. Acid rain. So often uh, when I'd start my verses, I, because, I mean, we didn't have um, the internet at the time. Yeah. So I'd have to create like a thunder sound effect. Acid rain. That's so cool. <laughs> um, all right. Well, at that time, yeah. we've got a film called The High School Crush. Yes. So things are getting a little more... Uh, serious in mm-hmm. some regards. It could perhaps be a little risque, a little more dangerous. Mm-hmm. You know, in high school, you're pushing your boundaries. You're perhaps doing stuff mm-hmm. like you would with your high school partner. Yes. Um, curious what what film came to you around that time? How much of it was comedy? How much of it was rap? <laughs> Boys in the Hood. Okay. Very big. Menace to Society. Okay. Um, dead Presidents. You know that that world, that era of okay. um, just like everything yeah. in the hood. Yeah, that was that those was were my all thing. the serious ones, and then then came the parody. Yes, don't so be, be a menace to society drinking while juice drinking juice in the, the hood. hood. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I obviously started immersing myself a lot in that in that culture, not going out and you sure. Know. Well, I was about to say, how dangerous was life? In, in no, Were you? it wasn't. I didn't feel threatened at all, man. Okay. It wasn't. Not back then. When I say immersing myself in that culture, I don't no, mean... No, sure, I was, sure. I, I'm saying in terms of consuming the music and yeah. watching like films, you yeah. know, uh, trying to understand the references that were happening in the music or that they were singing about. Yeah. Going, oh, God, I need to see this visually. And, oh, man, I just found it was just so cool, man. I just thought it was the coolest, coolest thing. Well, are you still in Umtata at this point? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In yeah. high school. What, what was that like? What kind of a place was that? Um, Tata at the time, I just there was like the community was strong, man. Right? It, it's a it's a town. Yeah. It's not quite a city, is it? Uh, yeah, it's. I mean, it's labeled a city. It's a city, okay. Yeah, but it's. I mean, it's not a massive city, and you know, things things worked. Uh, there was obviously segregation, um, but yeah, I don't know. I just you know felt. Relatively safe. Good. Um, felt. Uh, what was the, what was available to you in terms of access to movies? Video store. Yeah, a lot of there was a there very cinema? popular one. There was uh, for a while. Um, that was actually where I saw my first film. First film I watched on big screen was Dead Presidents. 
Oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> dead presidents. Okay. That's the first one Not watched. Bambi. Nope. <laughs> dead presidents. Um, uh, that shut down, and because um, that that's always the interesting mark of a of a town to city yes. is, is whether or not you can have some of those bigger things like um, a, a town like Neisner is also quite similar it's like you know do you get an optometrist or do you have to go into George yes exactly <laughs> like if you start a cinema and I know a cinema did open and close and open and yes. close in Neisner when it's sort of big enough it works yeah. but it's sleepy and quiet enough to fail yeah it's kind of a bit the, tricky then the, the, the one there was one in the heart of town um, that's why I saw Dead Presidents and a movie called Trespass uh, that shut down, and then another one opened at a shopping mall called Circus Triangle. Okay. And I don't think that did very well. The and shopping center was called Circus Triangle. Yes. It's an interesting name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looked like a circus tent. You know, uh, very, okay. very interesting name. But I, uh, you just uh, reminded me of a video store, actually, yeah. which was a kind of, I guess, a cult video store called The Coffee Pot. Oh, that sounds cool. Coffee pot, yes. So it wasn't a chain. It, it was, must have been an independently. It was an independent thing. And, uh, you know, I, I remember renting a movie from there. It would have been, oh, gosh, you know what? I'm going to add it to my list now. Okay. Bloodsport, right up there with oh, Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Okay. Ooh. Little Jean-Claude Van Damme. Ooh, man. Mm. Yeah, Bloodsport had to be there. Bloodsport, kickboxer. Okay. And, and why I'm bringing up Bloodsport is uh, because uh, I went with a cousin of mine. We rented Bloodsport. Yeah. And, he, well, he had rented it. He was older than me. He had the money. And I asked to to borrow this thing, um, you know, to, to watch it at home over yeah, and yeah. over and over again. And then I totally forgot about it. Oh, shit. Then, and that was back in the day when fines were real. Yes. <laughs> Nowadays, they're like, we're and just grateful to have the business. Yes. <laughs> and I'll never forget him, probably after like two years or something, asking me about, hey, man, do you still have that thing? And I'm like, no, man, surely I gave it back to you. And then I found it. And he put me under this mad pressure going, what are you going to do? Gonna have to, That's going to be pay. thousands of reasons. Yeah. And the now best I've thing to, to do tell is my just, dad. It's just drive past <laughs> in the middle of the night. like, And just throw yeah, it. Because it still had the little slit in the wall. Slit that it you could just yeah. be like, soz. Um... And I, I panicked, bro. I panicked for the longest time. And I, if I look hard enough back home, I may still have that VHS. That's lovely. It's been about 35 years. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bloodsport was just, yeah, good sort of hero fights the villains. Unbelievable film. Cool, cool martial art fighting, right? <sighs> Man, loved it. That's cool. Unbelievable. Um, oh gosh, now you're taking me down. Commando. Yeah, platoon. Yeah. Okay, well, Platoon gets a bit more serious. Ooh, Platoon. The, that's Very when we good. started not just having baddies fighting goodies. It yes. Was, uh, platoon was a commentary. Michael Dudikoff. Dudikoff. I think it was Michael Dudikoff. He also, he was American Ninja as well. Oh, shit. I remember American Ninja. Yeah, Michael Dudikoff. Yes. Yeah, man, this is nice. I love this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> You're taking me all the way back. Uh, were you ever like, th- were you ever three ninja kids? Which oh, was like yeah, the yeah, more, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, of course. Version? Yeah, yeah, three ninja kids, amazing. Um, Do you, okay, I'll give you five Russell points if sure. you can name all three of the ninja kids. Do you remember their kind of karate names that they got given? Oh, uh, no, <laughs> no. 
Okay, there was Rocky. Rocky, yes. He was He was the, the tallest. Rocky loves the Emily. I remember yeah, there was yeah, that Rocky little... Lives. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, the guy in the middle was called Colt. Colt, yeah. He was the... The middle kid. Yes, with the long long hair, yeah. And then the little kid was called Tum Tum. Tum Tum, the one who ate a lot. Yeah, because he was a little bit of a fat kid. Yes, yes. <laughs> the, Man, the three, three ninja, ninja kids. kids. Um, and they just, you know, they always said, hiya, hiya, yes. hiya, every time they'd struck. Was that the same era as Mighty Ducks? Could have been, eh? Ooh, Mighty Ducks, good one. That was a goodie. Very, very, very good one. You know what's been interesting? I, my wife and I, especially during the pandemic, we we went back and started watching a lot of old movies yeah. that, um, well, are deemed classics now yeah. that I was maybe too young to appreciate at the time. Yeah. I went all the way back and started watching things just to... Just kind of get a sense, you know, of I, I, why are they cool. Yeah, I used the pandemic funny enough for the same reason as a chance to catch up where mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I spend a lot of my time, you know, around films, but I've got to, you know, make sure it projects. I've got to get the popcorn. I've yes. got to get people in. I've got to organize the events. So I perhaps don't have the time to yes. watch as many films that I should. And of course, you've got these periods in your life where, like, especially when you're at varsity and perhaps if you do go to film school, where you're like, okay, now I get to watch the films I need to watch. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I used the pandemic as like, okay, there's a handful that like, a little bit like I should have watched Terminator 2. Yes. You know, the, the the kind of films that someone would go, oh my God, you own a cinema and you haven't seen this film? Yeah. And so I yeah. watched a whole bunch That's of That's amazing. And, um, and I loved it. I'm kind of doing that with books now. I've just okay. finished Dune which is the big yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, sci-fi yeah. novel that's you know been this film and part two is coming out next year. I'm now reading Breakfast at Tiffany's. Wow. I read uh, 1985. You know, wow. all these like, you know, all these sort of classics that you yes. should have read. So Amazing. Um, okay. Did we cover high school film? We did. We did. Yeah. Um, okay. Now, when do we come to Joburg and work in advertising? That's uh, pretty much straight after. Did you study? I studied in PE. Okay. I studied in PE. I got to Joburg in 2005. PE studying was the graphic design. Graphic design, yeah. Okay. Well, formerly, well, Gebecha, formerly PE. Sure, sure. Yes. Um, um, okay, so that's still Photoshop and computering. Yep. Um, which which certainly helps. I don't know how anyone did graphic design before. No, that no, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you this though. In my first year, um, no computers. Oh, fuck. We had to design posters with letter set books. So if you wanted a big title, you've got to go and find the font you're looking for and trace it and then color, like use ink to... Oh, wow. It was a long process. Um, we still processed uh, film. Um, digital sure. cameras only arrived when mm. in, my last, in my final year. Yeah. So I didn't even use digital cameras for anything. So everything was still, uh, you know... Old school, work with Relatively your hands. analog. And I loved that. Um, I think it taught me a lot. Um, it, it made me very, I'm, I'm very meticulous about things. Um, yeah, that, that requires you to plan a lot beforehand. It does, which is good, you know. So I do a lot of, I mean, I, I do photography um, and I, I often just use my phone and people can never understand, like, how, do you, how are you getting that kind of image with your phone? Yeah. And it comes from learning how to shoot on film and yeah. not having access to a lot of money or resources yeah. uh, because we had to buy film and, and buy paper. And it was always fucking expensive. Always yeah. expensive, bro. So I'm sitting there going, cool, I've got, what, 24 shots. I've got 24 chances to take good pics. Yeah. So I'm planning that lighting and seeing the shot before I hit 
click. Totally. And then you you imagine the shot. Yeah. For the for the few days or yep. sometimes a week until you actually see it. Exactly. Um and and I would often especially when I was traveling I was taking these cool photos and I was getting so excited and I was like I'm sure that one's going to be great. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And you imagine what these photos could look like. So you exactly. kind of have this image of them in your head and and it's such an interesting thing cuz that simply is not there anymore. The imagination no. of what your photo could be. There are too many programs right now that allow you to take 50 pics. You put them in this program and it'll kind of make it cool for you. Yeah, and I the, don't. And the I live take, feature on a on a phone yeah. where you can just get that you can change to that second later yeah. where the eyes are open. No, I'm like I'm I'm still old school, man. I I take three pics if anything. Yeah. Sometimes just one and that's it. Yeah. Um and I already know how this thing needs to look. I already know what the grade is. I'm not yeah. going to download a million presets in the, Lightroom the, none the, of that. The nicest thing I learned from because I did some photography courses. The nicest thing I learned is how we are we are and this sounds like such a stoner comment but we are painted by light. Yeah. The way the yep. light yep. is in this room right now like is painting you. The only reason I know this sounds like so stoner Not at all. but the only exactly reason I can see you is because of how you are painted by this light. Yeah. And um and the moment you see the world in that way you you can take a particular kind of photograph you can manipulate it in the way that you want yeah you start seeing how one's painted and and you know it's it's so interesting i love having these conversations because it just reminds me about my style and i, I love minimalism right so when sure. i shoot it's very simple like i i strip something down to its its bare bones mm. but still something strong enough to tell a good story uh when i was my first year of studying we had no internet and kind of was internet but we weren't really allowed to use it because yeah. they didn't want us to be um too influenced um, too by influenced it. by it go to the library um and the beautiful thing about going to a library to find reference books for especially visual visual reference books you need to know what you're going to look for before you go because i mean there are millions yeah. of references you can't just go in there and you know hope for the best and i stumbled upon an illustrator called Guy Balou who does still alive um he does a lot of very minimalist um uh, what would i call it quirky very witty um relatable takes on reality okay for example F- photography or no 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 il- illustration illustration so one of the things he did was a beautiful painting uh this guy so you see a lawnmower mm. right and you get a sense of like this green patch of grass dark and then a lighter green patch where he's been mowing okay you get a sense okay he was mowing the lawn mm and then the gra- so and then in the in the right hand corner you see him lifting up the grass like a carpet and then sweeping the grass that is cut under there so he's just bending reality all the time mm. you know just like finding little simple ways to make you stop and go what what is mm. that there was something about his work um that really really spoke to me and i started carrying this throughout uh the sim- my design the simple the simple yeah. i mean if you look answer, at a lot of the yeah. design stuff that i do it's it's so simple it's so yeah. ultra simple but i'm all about the idea and the story and making it connect immediately you know yeah. which is why comedy i think was also played a big role in in i guess what i currently do now and why it was such an easy transition for me from advertising to go into comedy because that it, that's what it comes down to you know yeah. how do you take a complex thing make it as simple as possible tell a basic story that can connect with a lot of people it's a billboard instantly. 
you know, <laughs> like a, some nice. of the some yeah, of the yeah, that's a good description. You know, some of the stuff you put out on your Instagram is a billboard. Mm-hmm. It's as if, and you don't, and just like when you drive down Jan Smuts, you don't have time to read a whole fucking no, paragraph no, 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 no. because that's dangerous and impossible. But the same with our scrolling. Yep. You've only got so much time to catch us. Absolutely. And and you've got to get straight to the point. It's and got to penetrate. Are we are we ready to move on to the next set of films? Well, yeah. So the question is, around that time, we call it the It's Getting Serious film. Yeah. <laughs> which is when life gets a bit more serious and grown up. So you're mm. at varsity. You're perhaps starting your career. So it's perhaps the sort of advertising agency time. Mm. What, uh, what films came around then? Now... I'm immersed in this world, right? I'm, I'm consuming a lot of interesting references. I'm trying to find original ideas. I'm trying to like, yeah. find things that just make me think differently. So I'm not looking at Hollywood anymore, Good. right? My references now are still, these are some of my favorite films ever. La Haine. Okay. Yeah, still yeah. to this day. I watched it on the plane. I flew back you, from Paris. Oh, uh, yeah. And I watched it again um, after about 15 years. Still. Impeccable. You were you went for a game. Yes, I did. Watch. Which SA game Island. did you watch? The SA. Oh SA Island. Yeah, that's lovely. Um, that must have been so special, oh, dude. The best. We'll because go. now a good example is to perhaps explain to someone how, how does that happen? Because that wasn't just you going. I want to spend some money and do a trip. You, you had a brand take you out, right? Yes, I did. Okay, so um, so so the, the, here can be a little microcosm to explain to someone your life. Okay. So I, I'd been, and I mean, I'll say the brand, I'd been working with, with Dove for some time. Yeah. Dove sort of, you know, found, found me during yeah. uh, the pandemic when I was just making a lot of content for myself and, yeah. um, you know, asked me to make something for them, which I did. Um, and I subsequently found out that they sponsored the Springbok. So there was a lot of like rugby related content that I was doing. Okay. And, you know, I've been trying to push a lot of the stuff with them for a while now. And we started doing these Instagram lives. Myself, Sia Colisi, um, there was a, a psychologist on there, Anela Siswana as well, just speaking about men's mental health. Interesting. You know, um, and those got very popular because it almost became a therapy session with the psychologist on the, on the, on the and, chat and you as were, well. you were with Sia yeah. on this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and those were massive men. And just hearing this from Sia's perspective, you know, because I would ask him things like, explain to me what it's like just before the game and mm-hmm. after the game, especially if you lose. Mm. And, you know, hearing him say things like, man, you know, just like walking into the Woolworths the next day to go and mm. buy food and people looking at you going, Hey, bud, you should have tackled. You yeah, should have done that like, move. And why I did just, you come around? I'm that just side? here with my kids. Why man. did you, I don't why did you pass to that guy? You could yes. have passed to the other dude. Yes, like, yeah. you know. So, but then, you know, there was, that was the surface. But then it started getting really deep where he spoke yeah. about his relationship with his dad and finally getting to a place where he can tell his dad that he loves him because it was never a thing in his culture and in oh, his home. It really got Deep, deep, but that's deep. what's so nice, and you wow. can, you can appreciate this, and yeah. you can appreciate what this chat is, Oof. and how much joy one gets from podcasts where yes. you can just have that much deeper conversation. Man, um, and, and you know what I loved most is seeing because it was live. I mean, you're seeing the comments on the side, you know, just people going, "Oh man, I I came on here because I wanted to see Sia Colisi. I didn't realize that you know it mm. would make me so emotional." And these are men talking about this, make me so emotional and make me think about wanting to call my dad right now, you know, so deep. Um, And then we would start taking, you know, people would list the things that, 
you know, because we had the psychologist on as well, mm. uh, he would answer some of the questions and kind of Amazing. give like a therapy se- therapy session online. Okay. So those got very popular. Okay. And I, I tried to like really build and an establish a nice relationship with Dove and um, it's an antiperspirant, you know. Mm. And for me, it was such an interesting challenge because how do I take an antiperspirant? How do I take, you know, rugby and make it interesting? Yeah, uh, it was a very cool challenge, and you know, I really pushed myself to do that. And <laughs> I then um, fast forward, I took my family to 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 Italy and 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 France. That was a personal holiday. holiday. That was a personal holiday. And then got a call to say, <laughs> "Hey, uh, is your visa? How long is your visa?" <laughs> uh, Are they sure for? that you were away? Yeah, they okay, knew. So they knew there was a visa. Uh, yeah, we want to send you. Uh, to the game or to a game you know um, and can you make some content for us while you're there I'm like yeah of course Fucking you know yeah. so really it was and it was so beautiful because uh, I, I, I didn't realize this at the time I thought it was just me and the marketing managers and whoever else but there were 10 competition winners they'd been running a competition for a while so 10 competition winners who went with us right okay. I think about Eight of them had never traveled overseas before. Oh. So imagine traveling to Paris during the World Cup to go and watch a game as your first trip. That entire thing was just so great, man. And then being in Paris and seeing South Africans and Springbok jerseys everywhere and hearing South African accents everywhere yeah. was just, you can't describe how amazing that feeling is, man. But how much work was it then? You had to produce just content as you went? Yeah, I did, man. Brief? But I, I, you see, I'm a very... I'm a meticulous person. On the flight there, I had a book and I was storyboarding, Yeah, you know, because they'd given me a sense of what they're looking for. Mm. So I'd already broken down the ideas. And it's easy when you're in a place like Paris because the backdrop is already set up oh, for you. Gorgeous. You yeah. know, so you just got to find really interesting hooks to get people in and document, you know, mm. and just, I guess, be yourself. And the idea was to put that out through your channel? Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And it, it worked okay. very, very well. It was great. It was great. People loved it. Um, and I was, I'm still incredibly grateful that that happened, you know, mm. all because I started making stuff that I wanted to make. You know, when you yeah. break it down to, yeah. to, to that, that's all it comes down to. Yeah. One of the nicest pieces of advice I ever got from someone was when it comes to something like a relationship, if you know who you are, mm. the people you want to be with in your life will find you. Yes. You know, if you enjoy reading, and that's one of your passions. Yes. You join a book club and maybe you'll meet your partner at the book club. Yeah. Or maybe you'll meet them in the aisle of a, an exclusive books. Yes. But, you know, if you're not a big partier, don't expect to find your, your, uh, yeah. your future partner in a nightclub. Because yeah. they might love that and you were there just that once. And yeah. then you're not going to have a great time. Absolutely. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good piece so, of advice. But that same goes for your career and your profession. If mm. you put up your hand and... and, and and want to make certain things, the people will find you. Yeah. And it's a lovely thing. Okay, so when you are there, you found Lahaine, which is great. It's a French film. It's mm-hmm. black and white. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. It's so different. Interesting. It's, there's that shot of they sort of, there's that shot of him in the mirror, yep. which, which is sort of like a fake shot in yes. a way. Oh, it's smart. Yeah. And, and, and of course the French a lot of people have, have a, replicated it. Mm, and the French have, have, have had a famous history with with pushing the boundaries of cinema, yep. you know, um, when Hollywood remained strong and the dominant over the course of history, you've had these movements of, of film. And one of the most 
meticulous and academic and interesting was the French New Wave. Yes. And it was about pushing and challenging how stories come together and how characters are portrayed and how shots are done. They, were, they, they approached it very precise and quite meticulous. Absolutely. And, 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 and there's, that's a reason why there's such a strong and, and interesting style of cinema that comes out of a place like France. It's different. It's, it's, you're so right, actually, because Amelie is right up there with yeah. one of my favorites. I watched Amelie as well, right after La Haine. That's my, that's my um, all time. It's yeah. perfect. It was my high school crush film, and then you'll see. We've got our last category, okay. which I'll just touch on now for a moment which is um, the film you'll settle down with. And it could be one of your earlier films. It could be something you've never met yet. Yeah. But for me, mine all, all time was Amelie. I'll settle Amelie, down with that film. I'll marry it. So, <laughs> La Haine, Amelie, Leon, The Professional, yeah. City of God. Oh, yes. Oh. Okay. City of God and La Haine are, I think, you know, what, what really drew me in was just the realness of it. I felt like I was a plus one in that world. Okay. It didn't feel set up, you know. I felt like yeah. I was right there in the favela. I was right there, um, mm. you know, wherever they, they were um, um, in, in Paris, in, yeah. in, in La Haine. It just, man, City of God for me was just perfect. City of God perfect. is special. And, and, and in a way, I, I haven't been able to necessarily watch it again. but. Yes. Because it's not an easy film. No, no. But no, when no. I watched it, I remember it was at Varsity and I remember it was the sort of last screening or session of the day. And we walked across what was now an empty Great Hall stairs at Vitz. Yes. Sun setting and all of us were just dead quiet. Nobody could say anything to each other. We were just... Heavy. We just, it, was, it was quite something. It's about, yeah, a story of, a, of gangsters in, in Brazil and the favelas. And it's just so true to Want to know an interesting fact? Yeah. You know Tebo Khumashlazi? Rest in peace to him. Um, great director. Yeah, yeah. Yizo Yizo was yeah. inspired by City of God. Yeah. So if you go back and watch Yizo Yizo now, you'll notice that, that very overly saturated hot contrasty yeah, look sweaty and, yeah. and yellow and just a lot Golden. of movement you know it's it's intense like you yeah. feel on edge all the time and yeah. Yizo Yizo um, yeah. was inspired by that the township has got the, a, a very similar buzz yeah, and yeah, noise yeah, yeah. to it I, I noticed interestingly the other day I played okay this is going to sound like bougie now but I played a, a, a game of golf at Jackal Creek wow, which is um, well it's actually not that fancy Jackal yeah. Creek's quite smartly um made itself the sort of middle-class Danefern, which is quite a smart <laughs> thing. But you are in the valley of kind of Cosmos City. Yes. And, and there's just this interesting buzz. You can hear the buzz of, yeah. of that place. Yeah. It's, it's unlike a sort of quiet suburban, you know, which is a suburb, which is, of course, surrounding us in Joburg. This had a buzz. Yeah. No, interesting. Definitely. Um, yeah. City of God, also very famously used... Um, Real life people. Yes, it wasn't. It wasn't actors, but they they were genuinely acting. Very sad story though, because a lot of them aren't with us anymore. Weren't paid. Oh, weren't paid. Yeah, it, there was just like there was like a lot of because yeah. they used real people. You know, I think they could kind of get around certain things. But I, I read a I read a story about that. Either weren't paid or were just schneid out of, out of what they were supposed to get. <clears throat> yeah. Um, Interesting. But, uh, okay. Yeah, I, I have that. I have that. Lahaine. Yeah, I've got both of them on DVD. Yeah, loved it. 
No, no, they're very special. And then, um, and then, yeah. And then, as I said, the last one is the film you you'd settle down with, mm. which is the which is that. Hmm. Are we talking? <clears throat> is that perhaps it's 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 more like you know the one that you can always come back to. So something like City of God, for example, mm. was like that one relationship that was significant, but I mean you wouldn't maybe go back. <laughs> maybe it was there in that time in your life or something. But I'm just using that as an example. Yeah. You know what? Are, what are some of the ones that you can always go I'm back thinking. to? It sounds like it could be. Judgment Day is right Terminator there. Too, yeah. It's it's not it's not going to leave that list at all. Uh, you know what? I, I feel like I want to bring a recent film back or into okay. this. Yeah, yeah. One that moved me as much as Lahaine, Terminator, and City of God did. Yeah. It's a movie called The Sound of Metal. Yes. With Riz Ahmed. My yes. gosh. Yeah. What a beautiful, beautiful film. Yeah. It's a wow. the, the back of the box of it is it's a. A drummer who yes. finds himself on the cusp of going deaf. Oh. Man, you know what? Sound design, performance, very simple story. Yeah. You know, those things just hook me all the time. It's one, it's one of the reasons I loved Phone Booth so much with Colin Farrell. Oh, uh, yeah. Because I sit and I go, how do you tell an entire story in one, in one location? Yeah. Um, I watched a movie called... Uh, now with Tom Hardy where he's in a car yeah I've heard about that mm, same thing I thought no ways man there's no how, way he how can could hold that this be performance yeah. in a car that's where the film happens the whole thing it's happens just in a car in a car man there's that there's that Jake Gyllenhaal one where he's that 911 responder oh yes and you imagine it in your head you imagine yes what, based on what he's hearing and it's all pretty much set in that room you, you know what I've been loving I know we're veering off topic here but I think no, these no. are good things to kind of add into and, 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 and I'm only saying this because these are movies that I've been you know when you tell somebody about it and they get excited and they go what I didn't even I, I've seen that pop up I didn't think it was that good mm. have you seen Searching Yes. Okay. Okay. Bro. That is special. Revolutionary. Yeah. How do you tell an entire story but using alternate cameras? Yeah. So the whole of... Okay. So back of the, back of the box, box of searching is it's about a guy whose daughter goes missing. Yes. But the entire movie is screens. Yes. Okay. So they never they never a director making a movie, setting up a camera, yes. asking an actor to, to act. Yeah. It's like the Zoom screen of his computer mm-hmm. or it's the... Fo- FaceTime. It's FaceTime or it's his film scrolling. And there's this one moment... Or which CCTV, is, yes. Yeah, there's one moment which is really smart where they actually have a what needs to be a dramatic scene and it's told through the cameras of his house, like the security yes. cameras of his yes. house. So you can actually see like people in a room. And um, and news news footage and oh. phone calls and it's got um it's got the <laughs> it's got that dude from American Pie, the yeah. John Chow, yes, you know, which is he's usually a, a very sort of silly comedic character, um, but, but he, he plays it, this man. frantic father oh, looking for his daughter. It. I love I love that they did that too. You know, let's use somebody uh, who people know from being a silly. You know, unsurprising. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and let, let's push him. Let's push him a little bit because you you almost you almost believe you you believe mm. him. You know, and you believe that the scenario could be very real. Yeah, it's just oh, it's so good. But bro. find finding yeah finding a unique but very simple concept mm. is mm. what you do in your life. That's, exactly that's what it. that's what Donovan does every day when he wakes up. 
Yeah, he, and I he think, tries he tries to make another film like Searching. Yes, I think that's another why those idea movies like that. And same with The Sound of Metal. You know, yeah. that's why those movies just they grip me, and I sit and I'm a very annoying person to watch okay. movies with. By the way, okay, um, are you a talker? I'm not a talker. I'm. Uh, I go. Oh, I wonder how they got that shot. Yeah. How did they do that? Okay. Um, isn't it interesting how they moved from there? And then you know, sometimes my wife will just go, "Hmm." Oh, yeah. here's another film. Sorry, no, I just no. remembered one. Don't Speaking about how I got the shot. <laughs> one of my favorite directors um, did this. Uh, it's called Athena. Athena. Yes. Okay. It's it's about it's, uh, and it, this actually happened recently in France. Okay. Um, in Paris, a an immigrant kid gets killed by the cops in this uh, hood called Athena. Okay. And the residents of this hood turn on the cops. Okay. Because they're not doing anything about it? No, they just, you see, immigrants in Paris have always been, um, you know, there's never been a good, I mean, Lahaine, that's exactly Lahaine, you know, it's that whole thing. Um, So the cops have never been liked that much. And especially with, you know, people in poorer communities. Mm. And it's just this war between the police and these people. But what I love about that film, so Romain Gavras is the director. Okay. He's always been a very controversial director. He's directed a lot of stuff for MIA. Um, he's directed, uh, he did a big Adidas commercial. He did, what is the other okay, great Okay, so sort one? of like music videos. Yeah, a lot, like, like a lot of M- big music MIA, videos. Okay. But like very, um, he did Justice. Yeah, yeah. Um, stress, the song Stress, which okay. was banned. So it feels like you're watching a documentary. It feels real okay. about these kids who just walk around Paris uh, okay. destroying things. And But you're not sure, yeah. is this real footage? Because yeah. it looks real. Mm. So a lot of it was banned. But yeah. that was the music video. But what That's I loved, cool. it's so clever because it speaks to the song. Mm. The song's called Stress. And when you listen to it, it it's it's quite charging and it makes you feel a type just, of way. You just want to fuck shit up. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's exactly what it is. And that's what happens in the in, in, in the, the film. Video. So yeah. Romain Gavras' style is... Oh, he also did um, No Church in the Wild, Kanye West. So if okay. you've seen the No Church in the Wild music video, yeah. this is the extended version. So it's the same concept. So No Church okay. in the Wild starts with this guy holding a, a, a Molotov cocktail and throwing it. At these cops that's how it starts immediately yeah. that's the music video and then all hell breaks loose it's interesting because also obviously from an american audience a relationship with a cop is come comes with its own charged you know its own charged feelings mm. that's very interesting man but okay so the reason i okay, bring so this athena. up athena athena please watch it man it's so okay. good Ath- romain gavra is very good at uh i mentioned the thing about feeling like you're a plus one he puts you in that scene. It never okay. feels too set up. The camera is a little shaky. Yeah. We move. He hardly cuts, you know. That, that, that feeling, sorry to interrupt, is very similar to how it felt watching The Bear, the oh, TV yeah. show. Yes. You, you felt like you yes. were in the kitchen. You were in the kitchen. It felt like you sitting on the couch. You had to move. Yeah. And, the and you felt the you. heat. You felt the, exactly. <laughs> That's so good. It's quite so a good reference. Quite a skill, yeah. There's a, there's a scene in Athena, which, man, I, and, and it's another, another great thing about it. It, it starts immediately. There's no build-up. You kind of get a sense, maybe about five minutes in, what's oh, you happening. you launched into this film. Bam. It, boom. There it is. Yeah. It's happening now. And uh, there's a shot where these guys have stolen a police van. This big van. They've got the doors open. They're hanging out of it. You know, oh, you know they've got mm. masks on. They just like, yeah, it's, it's all anarchy. Yeah. 
Yeah. And they on the opposite side, there's another van and you know, like they're driving on, you know, two different lanes mm. and they're all like, yeah, 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 shouting at each other, giving each other props. Then that van moves closer. And as it moves closer, there's a guy in that van who needs to come into this van. Okay. But we move with that guy from that, well, we're in that van. Mm-hmm. We move with the camera and the camera is in this van and then it moves out onto a motorbike that just keeps okay. going. So I'm sitting there going, hold on, pause, no, wait, rewind. This can't be How did that work? what is happening. Yeah. And the way it worked was there was a, the DOP was on the back of a motorbike okay, and had this camera and this motorbike moved with this character. Yeah. And as it got in, they do like a very like simple wipe where body just walks across the screen and they and pass the-, the camera onto another person. But all in one motion, they never yeah. cut. They okay. pass it onto another DOP yeah. that's in there and he moves across and then hands it to somebody uh, else so there. Yeah. So it just keeps going. So once they hand it to the person or to the person on a motorbike uh, um, outside, we see we get this perspective of you know we're pulling away from this 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 van it's just yeah. one one beautiful simple smooth swoop i want to i want to raise an important moment one important yeah thought about what you've just said the skill and the objective of that is to actually not have someone think about it yeah so there will be 20% of its audience 10% of its audience yeah. it's the people like you and me that go oh my god how did they do how how much how yes. would they have done that and the dops and the creative people and the anyone involved in production um goes jesus fuck that was amazing and i want to see the behind the scenes yeah 90% of that audience is just going cool movie yeah but in a good way yeah they've achieved their job where where it wasn't about showing off what the cinematography can do. Yes. And how cool are we? We managed to get this long scene. It needed to be that long scene. Yes. It needed to be seamless. You needed to follow the character in a particular way. I went into 1917. 1917, that's the one. Because I was like, I want to see how they've done the one-shot movie. Yes. And of course, we know that at certain points they cut. It's, but they orchestrated and planned what was effectively a movie that looked like it was one shot. Unbelievable form. And I loved it and I knew exactly what I was coming for in terms of form. Um, checked in with my folks after they saw it and I was like, and how amazing was it that it was one shot? They're like, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> they didn't, that didn't even cross their mind. It, and, and that never took away of anything that just made the movie. Exactly. But nobody's thinking about it. You know what? There's, a, there's another, I think, honorable mention is okay. uh, Lord of War. Nicolas Cage. Yes. Opening scene with the bullet. I don't remember the opening scene. Go and watch the opening scene again. Um, he's a... He's a... Um, he's an he arms sells, dealer. An arms dealer. Yeah. But it opens with the production of a bullet. Yes. I and the I bullet gets transported, moves into a gun until the gun gets fired into a person's head. But we see it from the bullet's perspective. Yes. That's the intro sequence. Smart. Smart. Can I, can I leave you on a, on, a, on a very lovely fact about Lord of War? Mm-hmm. Um, he, uh, the filmmakers needed to sh- convincingly show a arms dealer operating in Africa. Yes. That, was the, that was the challenge yeah. of making this movie. Prop guns are expensive. They're more expensive <laughs> What? Then real guns, because they these specialized fake guns. Yeah, it became easier for the sake of this production to actually buy real guns. What? 
And then at the end of the production, they had to do something with these guns. So they sold them. And so it's kind of been revealed that the filmmakers of Lord of War, funny enough, became arms dealers themselves. Art imitate life. They had to borrow it. Well, they bought a tank and then the tank got bought by some other oak who went on to operate a coup like they were what <laughs> kind of not their fault just because that's just the world yeah. they're in but i just love that fact that that they became actual arms dealers themselves that's amazing <laughs> wow um all right but listen i don't want to take up too much more of your time i you know you and i, I think we can chat yeah. about this kind of thing forever yes um speaking of paris speaking of unique stories something i'd perhaps like you to rent mm-hmm because you've come in to find a movie to rent here at the yes. video store. If you haven't seen it already, is the film Parisia Tim. Do you know about it? I have. No. Okay, good. Okay, so then I found the perfect film for you to watch, I think. Parisia Tim. What it is, is it's a love letter to Paris, told through a collection of short films. So it becomes all put together. It's probably quite a long movie. I think altogether it's probably over two hours. Um, they took the districts of Paris and mm-hmm. they gave them each to a different filmmaker. Wow. And you have some of the most remarkable, heart-wrenching, or just delightful films. Interesting, crazy, a whole universe in 10 minutes. It's it's quite an ordeal to watch. I, I, I uh, <laughs> played it to some friends and they were like, this is too much. They like, couldn't handle it. But I loved it. Parisia Tem. I okay. don't think it, you know, every film is in its own place. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's too widely available. So it might have to be something you um, purchase off like an Apple cool. iTunes. Um, for example, there's a South African director uh, who was included in that and he tells the most incredible story. A lot of them are immigrant stories, mm-hmm. but there's love. Love yes. has to be in it. So it could, be a, it could be a partner, it could be a, a meet cute, it could be the end of a Long marriage, it could be... I don't want to give too much away. Sure. Um, they gave one of the, the districts that has a, a, a very famous cemetery, they gave that to Wes Craven, who is uh-huh. you know, a yeah. very famous horror director. But I, I will say at this point, it's not a horror film, but it's set in a cemetery. Interesting. It's a great film. It's one of the more okay. interesting I'll ones. They then, then they made a New York I Love You, which was charming, but... It it wasn't quite the same, but Parisia Tem, which of course translates to Paris, yes. I love you, um, I think would be a great watch. I will definitely check it out. Okay. Thank you so much for this. Yeah, this was great, man. Gosh. <laughs> I can I can sit and talk about movies forever. Um, and so we might have to do a... Yeah, let's do a follow-up. We might have to do a part two here. <laughs> but yeah, it's been lovely to see how um, these, these films that push the boundaries, these films that tried to be unique... Yeah. We're constantly looking of ways to reinvent the genre. Yes. Um, we're the ones that found you, that inspired you to, to do the same. Absolutely. To kind of constantly be yeah, commenting on life and doing it in a unique way and being authentic. Thank you for making me think about this. Because <laughs> you, never, you never really yeah. think about it until you, you, know, you, you sit down and, and, and there's a structured conversation and you sit and you go, hey, I think you're right, actually. Perhaps, There's a yeah. reason I've pulled these movies out. I mean, I'm going to throw in here um, uh, Dumb and Dumber yeah. and The Mask. Yeah. Unbelievable films. Yeah. Perfect. And they just set you on a course with comedy. Yeah, exactly. 
and 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 you were like i can do that i can i can see the comedy excellent stuff lovely man all right i've got a baby to get to yes this has been a good chat my wife's been calling wondering where i am okay. all right you take your film thank you parisia tim got and it. enjoy and um and thanks for um thanks for popping in thanks for having me roll credits finn that's how we should end finn, finn. <laughs> lovely yes. All right. What a great dude. Yeah. What a lovely guy. He is really nice. And I see him at 44 Stanley a lot. Because oh, cool. the, the comedy he, nights. No, not so much. Actually, just during the day, often at Salvation, having a brekkie with his family. Oh, cool. Always greets it's me. Like, it's his spot. Yeah, I think if you live close, 44 Stanley is perfect. You know, mm. it's a perfect place to spend your time. I mean, it's so good for your, for your soul. Yeah. It's like... <laughs> Mont's Casino, but with real sky. Yeah. Yeah. And less fours. <laughs> it's the real world. <laughs> yeah. No, when I um, had the pop-up store for Limited Edition, and I also had I remember that. the Bioscope in Maboneng store, and I was coming into 44 Stanley every day, I saw the fountains and the trees, and I was like, oh my God. This is so, <laughs> this much, is better. so much better. <laughs> and then, yeah, that's what spurred on the move. That's what started the whole thing, put it all into motion. It's wild how that just started with you trying to figure out if a pop-up store for limited edition would work. And yeah, then and that it, rolled over into the bioscope moving here. Yeah, totally. That's so cool. So yeah, yeah. anything you want to say about the chat with Donovan before we yeah, move I on? Was, um, I was a little concerned um, because you said that you haven't seen <laughs> Terminator 2 Judgment Day. <laughs> oh, um, I'm going to get big... Big shtick for this. Eh? Yeah, no, it's it's significant, Russell. I know. I, I, I'm not entirely sure how I missed it at the time. It happens to all of us, to be fair, with random movies, but it's a big one. I know it's a big one. It's a big one. We should. And I love we how, I love how, this. I love how I still haven't done anything about it. But you know how I'm like, we need. I, I've got a friend with a cinema. And I've got a birthday coming up. Yeah. I'm just going to use that as an opportunity to force you to watch Terminator Two: Judgment Day. I don't think I need much forcing. I think I just need the. Yeah, you need the events. You need the friends to be like, "Come, Russ, sit down." Yeah, we all maybe, need that person. When is it gonna have a like an anniversary or something? I don't know, but maybe I must just fucking watch it. Yeah, no, totally. <laughs> but maybe. wait for me. Okay, I, I want. Isn't that your um? Isn't that your love language? Didn't, oh, making friends watch movies. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, sitting friend up. Let's go on a little cold let's date. Go, let's go on a cold date. <laughs> uh, what have you been enjoying at the moment, Kolsky? Quite a bit actually. I'm I'm rewatching Dark. On Netflix. Okay. Gad loves that. Yeah, it's my favorite series as well. I started watching it and I was like, oh, this is a cool European Stranger Things. Yeah, exactly. It's very much that. That's a cool... Yeah, it's like the, there's a sort of other universe. It's yeah. a play and time. Exactly. So yeah. I think if people like stuff that's more cerebral in the Chris Nolan vein, like yeah. having ideas of time that then integrates into how the story is structured... And it's non-linear, it's multi-protagonist. But if you also like stuff that's dead slow, I think that's why a lot of people don't say, like it. I was about to say, it's not, it's mm. not, it wasn't topping the charts when it came out no. a few years ago. It doesn't, it doesn't try to engage you by like holding your attention in terms of like edits, events. But, but it's, it takes its time with its characters. A lot of European stuff is that. Yes. There is a slowness. I love it so much. It's, it's okay. beautiful for me. It's, it's gothic. It's slow. And it's 
it, it's so complicated that it has a website created by Netflix for you to keep track of what's happening episode on episode. So you tell it, I'm an episode season two, episode eight. And then it says, here's the character family tree. And then this is where they are in the timeline. Okay. And these are the sequence of significant events for them. Okay, but the, the, the premise was something like he's found himself, a little kid goes missing. Yeah, in the small town of Winden, Germany, yeah. a little boy goes missing. Yeah. And um, a, a, a different young man's father commits suicide. And that's like the big starting events, right? Okay. And he finds uh, basically a portal through time. And I don't think this is a spoiler because yeah. it's, it no, it's starts the in the first yeah. three episodes. It's the setup. Um, and he finds this portal that goes back 33 years into the past because 33 years is a lunar solar cycle. It's the amount of time it takes for the Earth and the Sun, like in terms of space-time geography, I don't know what okay. the terms are, yeah, yeah. to reach the same point before it begins a cycle of movements again. Okay. So they use this as an excuse to talk about this is why time operates in this way in terms of space-time. Okay. Anyways, he goes back from 2019 to 1986, and he figures out that the boy that was lost is now there. Is there in 1986, but what's worse is he can't save him because it's his father. Huh? What? Yeah, what? right? He can't... he can't save the boy that was lost in 2019 that went back to 1986. Yeah. Because that boy becomes his father. So if he saves the boy from 1986, he won't be born. Wow, that is that sounds fucking complicated. No, that's, awesome. that, and that's the, the easy part to understand at the beginning. Oh, God. So okay. it just gets more convoluted. Okay. All yeah. right. So something cerebral. Something so let, cerebral for you. Let's yeah. put that in the in the in the tough but awesome pile. <laughs> tough but awesome that, shelf. Yeah. Let's, co- let's come up with let's come up with shelves. Yeah, exactly. That's it's, in the, that's it's not in just the, sci-fi. It's not just horror. It's tough but awesome. Tough but awesome. Yeah. Okay. Good, Russell. Well that's done. A good one. Um, you also watched The Killer. Yes. I, st- like two I weeks started ago. watching it ahead of a recording because I was like, I want to be able to talk about The Killer, but I didn't have enough time to finish it. Oh no. Um, but you have finished it. Yeah. Okay. And what do you think of it? I think it's a fantastic thriller. Okay. It feels like it's weirdly self-contained in the way that it, I mean, I don't know how to describe this, in that it starts and finishes and it concerns like one progression of events, but it doesn't feel bigger than that. It doesn't feel like there's a big character arc. It feels like there's something else at work in terms of what it's trying to do. Okay. It's just about this guy who's a very regimented assassin. Yes. And he's got his way of doing things. Yeah. And he's such an expert at it that nothing ever goes wrong. But of course, it's a film. Things are going to go wrong. Exactly. It's the, it's the unraveling f- story. Exactly. And what's really cool. Like, uh, I'm thinking of like Leon, the professional. Yeah, yeah. Like he also was a meticulous killer. Yes. And then little Natalie Portman comes into his life. And yes. Kind of unravels things. Exactly. But this thing goes wrong, he fixes it, and he goes back to being the meticulous killer. So it doesn't feel like there's a uh, big character. Interesting. Arc. Okay. Uh, but the cool thing that happens is you can feel like that idea is working in terms of narrative and the camera because when he's the meticulous killer dude in that mode, David Finch's typical, very controlled camera that's still and tracking really slowly. Mm. And like it's kind of manifesting his mind, but when something goes wrong, the camera goes handheld. Okay, so the camera represents bit. his own personality. Yeah, um, but the killer is on Netflix, um, and it's yeah Michael Fassbender, it's David Fincher. Michael Fassbender is the main actor. Yeah, David Fincher is the director. David Fincher, for those who don't know, is a world class filmmaker that brought you a lot of 
probably more darker films. Yeah. Um, but you've no, you know them. It's Fight Club. You, it's um, Seven. It's what are your Gondol. top two David Ventures? A Fight Club would certainly be up there. Okay. Um, I mean, Seven is incredible. It is incredible. And that opening sequence of Seven was something we studied at Varsity. He was the first one that really did that kind of mm. technique where he was like burning and playing with film, which is so common now, but he, he revolutionized that. It feels like all of the, the 90s. television, like in the style of the crown of Game of Thrones, those That's opening sequences. Opening sequence. That was always Fincher. Yeah. Yeah. Although I looked at this one and it didn't really have much of an opening sequence. Mm-mm. Um, I think my two favorite adventures are The Social Network and Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Okay. Mm. I love those movies, man. Do you know what the secret weapon is of Fincher? What? Is uh, Trent Reznor and Atticus Atticus Ross. Atticus Ross, yeah. From The Social Network onwards. Yeah, so Trent Reznor was the lead singer of uh, Nine Inch Nails Mm. and in his later life uh, is doing the scores for these kinds of films. And, And he can just give that, they're just such a match made in heaven. Yeah, it's this, it's this brooding, weird, discordant undertone, and how they do it in Social Network makes the movie oh, yeah. for me. No, totally. Like I don't think that movie could exist without the score. And what's crazy is in that year, I think it was 2010, the Academy Award for Best Picture. I don't think it's it felt like it was ever that contended before between soundtracks that did something incredible. So it was the Social Network, and they were using this is for Best Original Score. Yeah, yeah. They were using synthesizers and they yeah. talking about like how it was so different, right? So it was brooding and it felt ambient, and but it was yeah. still musical. It yeah. was weird. And then you have the iconic Inception brass. Wah, yeah. That happened there as well. Who won? And then uh, I think it was, oh, it was Social Network. Oh, good. But then also How to Train Your Dragon, which not enough people talk about. <laughs> but I mean, the glorious. guy's got such a cool name. Atticus Ross. Yeah. I mean, how fucking awesome is that name? name. It is a superhero. He's a Marvel hero. But um, speaking of really cool music that deserves recognition, do you know what is a fun and heartwarming watch? Is on Disney Plus, they have the 2023 Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction ceremony. No ways. They're putting that on streaming now. It is a a four hour thing. So you can fast forward. Yeah. But um, I saw who all the people were of this year's. Uh, inductees okay and um being someone who's just always growing grown up loving music i was always in bands like this kind of thing like hits me right it's like it's significant it's like if you were loving football and like now you get to see who goes into the football hall of fame like it's 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 lovely it's such a great thing to watch and um one of my favorite bands of all time entered this year which is rage against the machine Oh, is that where Tom Morello's big speech came Tom from? Tom Morello. How do you know about this? I saw it on social media. Okay. All right. So, yeah, I was expecting to fast forward to the point that I wanted to watch, but it got started and the first person they inducted was Cheryl Crow. Uh, and I was like, I always cool. like Cheryl Crow. Yeah. Like, cool, cool, cool. But after about two minutes, you like start crying. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because it's just so emotional. It's, so, it's such a lovely honor and it's just such a special mm. thing. And it just... Why I wanted to bring it up is because perhaps a lot of people might miss it and it's just worth a nice watch. But it's something that we spoke about during our Oscar attention, which was like, do we need winners? And I just love the idea of the Hall of Fame. 
I love the idea that it's not like one person wins out of a field. They just honor each year you qualify. And then I think there's a group similar to the academy that, that, that nominate you. But then you just join a class. There's sort of, I think there was something like 10 or 10 people that joined mm. this year. And I just thought that's such a lovely thing in society, yeah. in humanity. It's just, you know, join the ranks of others and just be recognized. Yeah. As opposed to having to like pick a winner. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And anyway, so Tom Morello, uh, who was the one member of Rage Against the Machine that was wanting to be there, by the sounds of the start of the speech, other members of the band didn't believe in it and didn't want to be there, which is part of what makes Rage Against the Machine so interesting, is that they are super political. Yes. They've got these strong opinions on the world and society. And that's kind of a tragedy, because one of the things about what happens there is that bands that have broken up and members that are no longer members of the band and other guys have continued it usually as part of these ceremonies they They, all come back together together. and they play again yeah i mean they also inducted george michael and andy from the other guy from wham sort of came out to induct george michael because you know they were good friends they were they never left bitterly they never wham never split bitterly they were always like we're like, we need to grow up together, we right? Need to, yeah, and, and he was always the cool one. He was always the attractive one, this other guy. No ways. Yeah, no, George Michael, you you got to watch that, that um, Wham documentary, the Wham documentary. On it's so good. Oh, it's so good. Okay. No, George was uh, Yorgos. He was a pimply-faced thing. I mean, Andy was the much cooler, tanned guy, but they all knew that George was the talented songwriter and the whole part of the later part of Wham was to just like bring him up and enable him to go. Wow. Interesting. Very cool. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so Tom Morello gets up and gives this incredible speech about. Yeah, it was amazing. Climate and the future and resistance. Oh, it was awesome. (laughs) No, and he was a good speaker. He's probably my favorite guitarist of all time. Yeah, I saw him live with Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, I'm so jealous. I didn't know that, but I didn't know about that until afterwards. Oh man, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, he was incredible. It's it's very punchy. It's very experimental, but it's it's got it's got force to it. It's not yeah. whimsical. It's, it's exactly it's got power, and I, I always really appreciate that in music. Yeah, and it suits what they're doing politically. Yeah, I think so. That was cool. So that's over on Disney Plus. Um, Talking about Disney Plus, sorry yeah? to interject for a second. Please Have do. you seen Once Upon a Studio? Yeah, mm. it's gorgeous. <laughs> it's a little short on Disney Plus um, to celebrate uh, Disney turning a uh, hundred. Yeah, and all the and it's and it's 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 in the animation studio, the halls and the corridors of their of where their animators work, their offices. Yeah, and the characters. Um, that are up on the walls, on the frames, come alive at night to take a photo. To celebrate the to centennial. Celebrate it. But it's like, there's no humans around. It's just them. And it's just absolute chaos as they and try and wrangle everybody together. But it's everyone. No, it's delightful. And it felt like it was made by Disney fans. Yeah. I know it's like, yeah. we say that, like, assuming that the people that work at Disney aren't Disney fans. But it didn't feel like something that was cheap and money-making shots. It was just... 10 minutes to celebrate this 100 year long legacy with characters being themselves it's like what's the ultimate pairing of Disney characters like who do you put in an elevator together yeah. it's Donald Duck and the sloth from Zootopia yeah. and he gets frustrated it's it's beautiful it's so mm. it's no, so amazing that is lovely yeah 
Um, what else have you been enjoying? Um, so I started the Scott Pilgrim anime. Oh, cool. Yeah. That is over on Netflix. Yeah. So Scott Pilgrim was always a graphic novel, right? Yes, by Brian Lee O'Malley. And then it became the famous Edgar Wright film with Michael Cera and all the famous folk. And and it was, that was a very good, faithful adaptation of the graphic novel. But now it's been re-realized as an animated series. And I think it's important to note, because I didn't realize this, I did think that it was just going to be an animated series, but it's a full-on anime. What does it's that mean? produced in Japan. Oh, okay. yeah. It's like full-on Japanese animators, very anime in terms of its spirits and its pacing and its vibe. It's an anime because like what happens with anime is that they'll take a popular manga, right? That's been serialized weekly into like a whole bunch of publications across Japan. Manga is the term for the book. That's like a yes. that's like saying graphic novel. Yeah, but it's exactly. Like a Japanese graphic novel. Exactly. That's the printed. Manga is printed. Yeah. Okay. And then often what happens is the ones that are popular, you do get original animes like Cowboy Bebop and Samurai Champloo. But often what happens is there's one that's really popular like One Piece or Naruto or Bleach mm, mm. and it gets adapted into an anime. So that's how it works. Okay. That's the thing. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, this was adapted into an anime with the American voice cast of the film. Oh, that's cool. And they even reference an anime called Beck, which talking cool. about called? you. Beck. Beck. Yeah. Okay. Beck Mongolian Chop Squad. <laughs> That's a cool name. <laughs> yeah. And you told me about that thing you do with Tom Hanks. Yeah, we watched it in lockdown. Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah. Being a formative film as a young musician experiencing a band going through the yeah. motions of yeah, yeah. becoming famous. And basically Beck was my version of that. So this little Japanese band goes from being a nobody in a garage to being this like massive act that transforms a music festival. Okay. And it's... It's really cool because the singer in Beck is based on the singer of Rage Against the Machine. Oh, shit. The guitarist is based on Jimmy Page. They're animated in the way that those players play. The bassist is animated like Flea. Okay. I can't remember who the drum was based on. It's like a super group. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's kind of interesting. That's kind of what Gorillaz was. They also sort of did it in an anime style. Mm. But um, uh, okay, so so Scott Pilgrim is out first few episodes. I think it's called Scott Pilgrim Takes Off. And if you're expecting Edgar Wright's film, it's nothing like that. Okay. No, well, it, but deviates, I mean, it shouldn't be that. It deviates from the story like you will not believe. But is he a part of it? Yeah. Edgar Wright? Uh, he's an executive producer. Yeah. So that's cool that he's keeping his own property alive in a way by, yes. by creating something new and it's, different. You can and definitely then it's interesting see that they, the signifiers, yeah. That they were like, if we are going to animate this... And bring it to life. Let's do it with the best people in the world, which is the Japanese yes. who know how to do this. Um, speaking of Japanese, we, myself and Leslie, have discovered and are watching the dumbest but funnest show dep- in the depths of, the, of Netflix. Yeah. It's called Old Enough. Okay. And what it is, is it's a TV show that I think existed in the 90s in Japan where parents get their surprisingly young kids to like go out into the community and do an errand. So Japan obviously allows this culture and they are very good at looking after their kids. Okay. Like there's there's a there's a support system and and Japan after having gone there many times I can tell you 
is super safe and very civilized and very rule abiding and whatever. But these kids at surprisingly young ages, like four, like can't even hold a packet, are tasked to almost as like a rite of passage to go and do a mission on their own where they will send them like down the road, across the street. Some of them even have to take buses or ferries to like supermarkets to like buy ramen and come back. So and it's they like get, you and they need get some filmed. responsibility, young yeah. man. Go. So this is them probably doing one of their like first ever errands. But this it almost looks like America's Funniest Home Videos because it's shot in the 90s with these cameramen that are following these little kids around. But these kids are too young to know they're being filmed and that they're okay. being followed. And obviously there is a support system if anything were to horribly go wrong because there's cameramen and producers right. around. But these little kids, these like cute little Japanese kids are like walking through like getting tired and then getting distracted. Oh, and no. then like... <laughs> you know, buying the wrong things, or oh, like, shame. and um, or like crying because it's like they're too tired, and like, <laughs> <laughs> and it's got this like plinky plunky music, and like <laughs> this this um, crowd laughter, like canned laughter. It's adorable. So, Where is this? It's on Netflix. Okay, it's called Old, Old Enough. Enough. And then what we've realized is, and I think this is why it's come to Netflix, is that they they catch up with them. 10, 20 years later. So that's why I think okay. they've brought this back because they then catch up with those people and then are these grown-ups doing grown-up jobs. Do the grown-ups watch, them, watch their video? I, no, no. But in one or two cases, they'll, the grown-ups will then get their kid of today to try and do an errand. But it's just <laughs> such a weird thing to watch. Yeah. And, and when we're watching it, we're like, what? this is so charming and bizarre that... Um, I can't believe this is a TV show. Watching these like little kids like do an errand. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. yeah, it's worth it's worth like and they short little episodes. So it's like it's like a harmless a little fun. Yeah. What 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 shelf do we put that on? Uh, kooky and adorable. I don't know. But it's weird. It feels like it's an odd yeah, like a hidden gem. I think it's a hidden gem. Okay. Yeah. Hidden gem's lovely. Yeah. Um because I don't think that would make top lists of netflix it's 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 stuck somewhere in the depths of it i don't um, know how we discovered it talking about japan and kids doing things by themselves uh, a film that won the palm d'or a while ago uh called nobody knows okay it's by a director called hirokazu hirokazu korida i think um is a story about child abandonment in japan where a group of like four kids i think it's i don't know if it's like a brother and a younger Brother, that's like an infant, mm. are abandoned by their mother in this apartments in Japan, and Hectic. it's r- sorry to take it in such a dark trajectory. Yeah, but it's a very heavy film to watch. That won the Palm d'Or. I think it won the Palm d'Or. Palm d'Or is the is the highest prize you could win at Cannes, the yeah. Cannes Film Festival. Yeah, and it's it's a heavy film. Just observing how yeah. these children survive, what they do without supervision, um, how and then how the older sibling takes on the burden of looking after. Wild. siblings and but the, the, yeah so so just to go back to what i was saying is that the japanese society could actually allow for something like that to happen yeah like they would be so looked after by society yes that they would actually have a culture of looking after themselves being these kind of latchkey kids yes understanding the city the city would look after them 
Yeah. You're very looked after in that regard. Yeah. I and think, the, and I think the Japanese very much look after the Japanese. Mm. It feels like it's a story about p- kids that fall through the cracks. Yeah. Like where no one knows that they're abandoned and they assume that the kids are looked after. Um, it's, it's like quite a, it's a, like a, it, I think what, that's what why it was significant. Again? Nobody knows. And is it available anywhere? I'm not sure. Out in the seas. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's probably movie. It's probably available on movie. It's a movie, movie. Yeah. Yeah. Hectic. But on a brighter note, yeah. um, maybe Graham and I went to go watch Napoleon yesterday. Okay. Mm. So shut, new, shut for the invite. Yeah, bro. Um, <laughs> yeah, you just enjoy your family Sunday, you know? No, no, yeah. <laughs> Sundays, you would have probably maybe struggled to get me out. We had um, the Africa Rising Film Festival here at the Bioscope. Oh, so I was um, working, working pretty hard in the morning, sweating in this heat wave. Oh, but um, shout out to Arif. It was a lovely festival, and it's always great to host them. But okay, so let's talk about this thing that you did without me. Um, So it was um, (laughs) something was missing. Okay, Um, this is really the movie was okay, but yeah, you went there, so okay. Uh, (laughs) Thanks. Uh, Uh, No, but moving on from from that, you you this is Ridley Scott with Wacky and Phoenix as Napoleon mm. making what I believe to be a three-hour film? Two and a half hours. Two and a half hours. It's okay, the extended cut that's going to be four hours on Apple Plus. On Apple. TV oh, Plus, shit. Yeah. But that's p- perfect for streaming. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and the whole thing that Graham was talking about yesterday is that Ridley Scott's had an exclusivity contract with 20th Century Fox. And evidently, he didn't make films for a while in order to get out of that contract. His contract was what? Based on time? Yeah. So you, we, you can only make films with us for this amount of time. That's why like all the alien movies, okay. our 20th Century Fox films. But he makes so many films. You know what I mean? So this was him, what, slowing down? Yeah, exactly. Okay. For like a couple months until he had to make okay. his Napoleon Bonaparte biopic. And okay. it's a really interesting film. I think it feels like you're reading a Wikipedia page. Okay. Where it's like Napoleon did these things and then he met Josephine. And then they went on a date and then they got married. And then he had to um, annex Egypt. And then he okay, tried to Okay, so it was just hit, hitting, the, and, hitting the points. Yeah, and it feels like, look, there's a lot to get through, right? If you're trying to condense the legacy of a conqueror into like yeah. two and a half hours. And then make that story about his toxic, narcissistic, fucked up relationship with his lover, right? Okay. And it feels like it doesn't really get into that dynamic enough because okay. it's just interrogating the surface level events of what they did. It's hard right? It's hard to go about a biopic because you, you, the best ones seem to be the ones that sort of catch the person at a, at a particular time in their yeah. life and go, I, I would never be able to do the whole life of this person, so let's catch them here and mm. we'll see what we can achieve by flashing back or flashing you know exactly like a yeah. rocket man it's like he's in yeah. rehab now yes. what can we achieve by going back why is he time? here yeah yeah okay but do you feel like you understood napoleon i, I don't feel like i know much oh, about 100 percent. okay like i know a lot more about napoleon and i know about waterloo now and yeah yeah it was really annoying when they pointed to waterloo on the map in the movie yeah. immediately i went waterloo <laughs> it's terrible they've yeah. stolen that word <laughs> but it's so I don't know if you can cast your mind back to like Gladiator, sure. Black Hawk Down, sure. those Ridley Scott battle scenes. Yeah, man S- knows how to do them, dude. It feels like you're watching Lord of the Rings again. 
Because I'm okay. pretty sure that a lot of those extras mm. are real people. Aside from like the epic helicopter shot wides where you see the ranks like going off into the horizon, obviously. Sure, sure. But when you see the camera tracking I would imagine it would be real. Galloping horses. It feels like oh, I'm looking at 400 horses. Yeah. It feels so real. And it's, it's just the first time Napoleon tries to take an English occupied port in France, which was the thing he did in order to get promoted after the revolution into a more senior position mm. is he figures out how to take on this British garrison and then the men are doing their thing and he decides to charge into battle. And as soon as he charges off, this cannibal hits his horse in the chest oh. and obliterates the horse in a Ridley oh. Scott style, like alien chest burster coming out. It's like, oh, so fuck. Leslie can't watch it. No, no. Um, my, my partner, Leslie, is a horse girl. Yeah. And that should have a trigger warning. It was... <laughs> So hectic. Horsey people, don't watch Napoleon, (laughs) whatever you do. But it's violence. And when you see those cannonballs, like there's a moment where royalists after the French Revolution who want the king to come back, try to march on like the officers of the new republic or like how they're trying to establish this new democracy, for example. Mm. And the people who want the king back are marching on the capital. Napoleon sets up a row of cannons and just fires at them. And then you see this, these people marching and then there's just a spray of red. And you feel the brutality of that kind of warfare in a way that it doesn't feel like it's been represented before. Okay. So there's that element to it where I just feel like I know these battles, we've seen these battles before, but they feel brutal and real. Yeah. Right? Wild. Um, Yeah. So I think think this could be another Oscar nom for wacky. mm, No. No. Not really. Okay. I, I, I feel like, and it's an interesting thing, I feel like it's an it's a it's an interesting performance because Napoleon is played on a surface level as being very apathetic and emotionally a bit flat. Okay. Right? And it's in his actions that you see this man of incredible ambition. Okay. And there's a cool line in the movie where he says to Josephine that he doesn't have the insecure whims of inferior men kind of thing. It's like I'm not a normal guy. I don't get insecure. I don't waste my time. Because he was famously very short and people always thought that that yeah, was him being insecure. Yeah, that's it's that's like, what I, the little I know from history. Yeah. Um, there's nothing about him being short in the film. They don't even, you don't even notice it. Oh, and really Scott's not very concerned about historical accuracy. Okay, I was about to say, that was my next part is I wonder mm. how true to life it is. Because Josephine and the big part about the power dynamic between them is that she was like 20 years or something, his senior Okay, And a big problem in the movie is that she couldn't bear him an heir. And when he's in his 20s or 30s and she's in her 40s or 50s, that kind of makes sense, right? You're like, she's an older woman. But in this, Vanessa Kirby is 20 years younger than Joaquin Phoenix. Okay. Right? So they don't even try and make that point. And then that the dynamic of age kind of gets lost there. Okay. And you're sitting there thinking to yourself now, why can't this young woman uh, bear children? Is there something wrong with her body, right? Uh, um, okay. And it's interesting to see that kind of choice being made on, in favor of like getting bankable stars, you know? Okay. And why we can't get older women or younger actors, you know? So interesting. it's an interesting film. I think I'd love to see the extended cut because Ridley Scott's extended cuts are always marvelous, like incredible. Okay. Um, but I mean, cool in the cinema. Oh yeah. I mean, people should go watch it. In the oh, one hundred percent. Yeah. Okay, magic men. I think that was a good chat. Yeah, it felt good. Yeah, we got through. We got through a bunch of stuff. 
Yeah, and a bunch of new stuff too. Mm. And it says, nice having you back, Kolsky. Yeah, I love being here. Yeah. What's happening um, <laughs> What's happening on Wednesday? On Wednesday, yeah. As, as we said, we're going to have our uh, little shop of horrors. Our video store presents night. Woo. That's uh, that's that's in the Wednesday of the week in which this episode is is coming out. So hopefully there's still some spots. Last I checked, uh, there were only a few spots left. Cool. But it's going to be a fun presents night, and I think it's going to be a chance for us to have a little uh, a little get together. You you haven't had a chance to meet Christina yet. I haven't. This is what's so funny is that we've got these different staff members that are coming in at different times. And working shifts at, at different times, and and um, and she's delightful. So it'll be nice to have all of us together. Hell yeah! And, Watching um, a great movie. Yeah, and and yeah, here's to here's to many more, Cole. Yeah, dude. Okay, of course. My guy. All right. Yeah. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening, and um, thank you for being a part of our our day here. Uh, our home base is the video store.co.za. If you don't know, and there's links there to previous episodes. We are slowly starting to organize them according to who the guests are um and it's just a nice way to go back on on older episodes and we've got links to our social media so please chime in and let us know what you're watching let us know whether anything we recommend uh, is something you like or don't like stuff we have missed and um we'd like to see you in the store again next week oh yeah all right cheers yeah. ta-ta